0: Welcome to another episode of Thanks Divorce, where we discuss the lessons, the awakenings, and the gruesome beauty of going through a divorce. And I'm your host, Janine Bell. Well, hello there. In this episode, I'm interviewing Stephanie Ressler. She is a life coach and a mental health expert. In this episode, we talk about her divorce, of course, but within that, there are themes of self-abandonment, codependency, the family and religious projections and pressures that come with divorce specifically. And then toward the 30 minute mark, we talk about the circle process, which is something that Stephanie is very passionate about. So I learned about it and I hope you learned something too. enjoy. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Hi, (laughs) Janine. We're doing pretty well. Thank you. Glad to be
0: here. I'm so glad you said yes. It's really nice to meet you we had just a little pre-conversation before we started recording and i get a a good sense of your energy so i'm excited to have this conversation so can you tell our listeners just a gist of who you are
1: i will do my best that's a big Um, question (laughs) (laughs) i know um i am stephanie i am let's see i am a 37 year old divorced woman (laughs) <laughs> I currently live in Shanghai, China. I work as a counselor, a social-emotional counselor at an international school. I've been here for, um, so this is my fifth year, i into my fifth year here in China. I was in three years in Kuwait before that, so I've kind of done um, a nice a nice gig in the international scene, which has been cool, but this COVID situation is kind of a downer in that I haven't been able to, the borders have been um Closed here, so I haven't actually been able to see my family. And
2: hmm.
1: going on two years now, ah. so yeah, I'm I'm working as a counselor, and then um, I'm sort of uh, finding my way into the online world, and um, plan to find my make my way out of China. And mm-hmm. and I'd like to be doing the the life coaching thing, and kind of using my mental health background to support people in a different way.
0: All right. So this is thanks divorce. You know that. Uh, so can you tell us your divorce profile the the nuts and bolts of you know who initiated how long were you divorced how long ago was the divorce uh, if you had children did you stay home are you like what just a, a general gist of of who you are in the divorce world um, just as much as you're comfortable sharing so I'm one of the people
1: who, uh, comes from a fairly religious background, a family system that, that has strong Christian beliefs. Actually, it's a Mennonite background, so that's even okay. <laughs> more specifically <Yeah>. interesting. Um, <laughs> not conservative Mennonite, like we didn't have horse and buggy or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just sort of a, just culturally have some, some strong values. It's like a, anyway, it doesn't really matter that much. It's a peace church. They have There's just specific cultural values,
2: yeah. but,
1: but Christian nonetheless. Um, so meaning that in my world, it was very common and encouraged to get married early mm-hmm. on. And so I was married by the time I was 21 years old. Okay. So um, yeah, one of those, one of the young people. I mean, I guess in, in retrospect, it's it's not like there weren't lots of other people that were getting married that young, but I would say it's way, 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 way too young yeah. <laughs> to be getting married. Um, so I was ultimately married for 12 years before getting mm-hmm. divorced. So I was fortunate. Um, my ex-husband and I were really great friends. Actually, we had we had a, a nice relationship and we knew that we were getting married young. And I think on the one hand, we sort of did it to appease the, the parents, you know, it was kind of one of those, like we wanted to adventure out and go live somewhere else and go do something different. And so I remember that we sort of got, um, we got engaged so that it would be a way to, be less scandalous about, you know, living together and mm-hmm. <laughs> going <laughs> off and doing our own thing. So we got engaged. We're like, Oh yeah, well, we'll just get engaged. and we'll have a long engagement. Um, and then we, they were fine. They were like, well, if you're going to get engaged, then why don't you just get married? Mm. And we were like, Oh crap. <laughs> Plan foiled. <laughs> um, so we did. I mean, it's, it's just so interesting because it was kind of like, I mean, we got along great. We had a nice relationship. He was, a, he's a great human. Um, And, but I think we just kind of were like so young and we're like, yeah, sure, I guess, why not? And so we did, Um, but we were fortunate to both sort of be adventurous at heart and we didn't take things too seriously. So we were not on the path too quickly to kind of be in the the typical marriage in the sense that we weren't buying a house and having babies right away and Mm -hmm. doing all of that. Um, And in fact, that never wound up being who we were as a couple,
2: Yeah.
1: but yeah. So we did stay married for twelve years. We traveled a lot. We had a lot of adventures. Um, we were young, so we you know did the party scene and you know did all of the the fun stuff, kind of grew we grew up together. Yeah. Um, you know he he was kind of my best friend. But ultimately, I think part of the issue with getting married so young is that you still do grow up and change. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a very clear part of the way that that happened. So I'm, I myself have always been a seeker. That's kind of who I am. So I've always wanted to kind of keep learning about myself and knowing more and expanding and getting bigger and broader. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we grew up in our relationship, it sort of started to feel like there was not really room for that. It's kind of like almost like we had made a contract early on to take care of each other's needs mm-hmm. and when i you know what i mean it was an energetic contract not even a yeah. not even um a stated contract but just sort of like i fill this gap for you and you fill this gap for me and as long as we do that then we're we're good to go yeah um, but for me i started to change and expand and grow and as i did that it kind of threw off the balance of things um, to a point where it got pretty um pretty messy yeah and ultimately, I was the one who initiated the, the divorce. Okay. Yeah. So, twelve years—it was a long, long haul, and so that means a lot of, you know, cutting a lot of ties, a lot of family, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of big changes then, and identity shift entirely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like the fact that you guys were best friends, but what I what I hear from how you're explaining how you kind of grew apart is how you could identify where. There's no room for, like, your personality and his personality. Not that they're too big, but they're just starting to differentiate, differ. Is that the word? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Differ. Yeah. Um, And that's a that's a clear indication that you know maybe we've maybe it's run its course, and and that's okay. It's really
1: interesting. It was really interesting because part it happened kind of around a time I was working on my first year of my master's degree and it was in in counseling. And so of course, when you're doing counseling, that requires a lot of your own self work. And so there was a lot of growth that was happening for me, but I I remember, and this would have been long before the divorce actually. So I think things started to kind of dissipate Mm
2: -hmm. um, or
1: just, they started to, there was a wedge that started to grow at that point. But I remember thinking to myself, I wonder what happens in a relationship if you're, so if you're somebody who's following a true path, mm. you know, what happens when two people's true paths are not in alignment anymore? Yeah. You know, if I'm totally true for who, to who I am and I'm saying, I want to go over here and you were t- totally true mm-hmm. to who you were and you said you wanted to go over there, then what happens? Yeah. Because I grew up under the impression that you're, your marriage and your decision to stay together was the only thing that mattered
2: right
1: um and so that means that somebody has to be pulled off of their true path Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um and i i just started to kind of wonder about that like does that make sense to me i do i do i believe that that's the case is that what i want to be true for myself or for my partner right yeah, so I remember that very distinct feeling, and and trying to have that conversation with him, and and it not really going very well because <laughs> mm-hmm. he wasn't seeing that that way. It wasn't um, He was never interested in entertaining those kinds of yeah. questions. Which I mean, I understand it's just, it would be a really scary thing to have your partner propose, but
0: right, right. That was
1: how I was seeing, it and I was starting to experience it myself a little bit differently, and sort of wondering, like, well, can who has to, who has to not be on their
0: true path. Yeah. Who has to compromise? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Spoken like a true seeker, actually. Um, (laughs) When you start questioning things and it's, and it's out of pure curiosity. Like, so like what, Mm -hmm. like, make this make sense. I I really want to know, you know, Um, (laughs) I I do. I I like that a lot. Um, Okay. So that's, that's your divorce backstory. And um, you spoke a little bit about the the aftermath of like having to cut ties with community and you know family and such like like that how how was that for you and how how did you find healing through that
1: well it was for sure the hardest thing I have ever had to do I don't come again having a religious background or at least my family background is religious. It's not part of my family system. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I think, maybe only one aunt who married into the family on both of my sides that has been divorced. So mm-hmm. divorce is not part of the the generational narrative for us. So for my family, again, like I said, it is most important that you stay in that relationship because you've made that commitment, and that is the number one thing that matters. And I think there's a lot of there's an attitude about it that suggests that it's, it's easier to get divorced than it is to stay married. Right. So staying married is the, the bigger kind of more honorable, more difficult decision to make Mm. uh, and that getting divorced and people, people get divorced and that's the easy way out. Like you're not really trying, you're not really um, putting yourself into it. It's, you know, and I just remember feeling so harmed by that. Uh, attitude, at, you know, from, from my experience, it was like to disappoint my family or to, you know, to kind of step out in that way. And to know that I was, I was kind of letting people down was literally the hardest thing that I've had to do. And, mm-hmm. and it was a terrible process for me. I mean, I think when I look back on it, I realize. I mean, I'll be honest, there was, um, I, I feel like I completely abandoned myself mm. in, in the process because it was such a powerful, I, I was, I'm such a um, I'm so receptive to the projections of, of mm, people around me. And that's been something that I've, I've clearly learned and now I can see about myself. But whenever I first started to have this, this feeling that I, this wasn't right for me, this wasn't my true path. It kind of came after a fairly important, um, I would say like an awakening experience for me. I mean, I, I don't, but truly it was a pretty, it was a pretty transformational experience where I had traveled, abroad by myself. Um, and it was like the first time that I had done that in my adult life, you Mm -hmm. know, like been by myself and made my own decisions and Mm -hmm. was able to just like do what I wanted without having to compromise who I was or what, anything. I didn't have to ask anybody else. And it was just this very freeing experience, but it was a very intense spiritual experience for me to the point where I was encountered. It was the first time that I encountered An opportunity to say what was true for me without having the projections of anybody else and finally I got to say these things that I was kind of feeling for a long time Mm -hmm. but I had no place to go with them I had never never said it out loud I had never said you know to say I don't know if I want to be married anymore I'd never said that to my sister to my best friend Mm -hmm. I've been thinking it but so I had this experience and I sort of named it for myself and I had this very intense like knowing that mm-hmm. that was the right decision for me. And when I came back, I had, I was powerful and I was able to, to, to speak what I needed to, mm-hmm. but the way that um, the response from other people was so complicated for me, it was such a harsh, not harsh, but it was kind of like, I think what I remember happening was that it's like, when you're, when you're going to change you're th- I, I was throwing off the whole system yeah, you know like yeah. by me by me making this decision I was kind of throwing off the whole system and, and I could sense that the way that I was talking and the way that I was talking about what's true what's good for me what's working in the relationship what is difficult in the relationship was tickling the nerves of the people who also knew that that was true, but we're making a different decision. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like yes. there's, I'm saying, I, I don't want to be in this relationship because of these, these reasons. And I think that people could identify with those reasons, yeah. but their decision was, but I, but that's less, you know, their perspective was that's less important than staying together. You know, be like, well, look at, you know, look at your aunt and uncle, look at, look at us, you uh-huh. know, look what we do. We, we fight for it. We, we do all these things. And it was kind of like, so what I got was this constant, it was like the reflections of people, or, or the responses of people that were meant to, that had an illusion of being supportive of me, mm-hmm. but were actually more a justification of of their own decisions. Yes. That's how I felt. Yes, and I felt like I had to keep justifying myself, and I had to. I was butting heads, and it was like more and more and more that I talked about it, the more diluted my truth started to become. It's like mm. I felt like they started. It's like was getting taken away from me and I had to fight so much harder to kind of keep my truth
2: yeah
1: to the point where I literally had this moment where I said if I don't stop talking they're going to take all of it away from me Mm. like I felt like I was about to lose myself and so what I did is I stopped talking okay I literally I stopped saying that I don't want to be married and then I just went along with being married for another three years
0: oh wow (laughs)
1: <laughs> can you imagine
0: wow <laughs> it's, it's so like shocking you
1: are... to think back on that like so shocking so shocking
0: that so is, uh that like the visual I have is like <laughs> it's like someone um almost like in, uh, I'm seeing like someone in water and they're like drowning and they're like asking for help. And then people are like pushing them down. And so you just choose to like sink. <laughs> oh, you
1: need to learn how to swim. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. I, I, well, I mean, but it's, again, that's part of the learning for me, yes, right? Like yes. that's part of what I look back on and I say, Stephanie, what was that? Mm. What, I mean, I will say, I mean, again, those three years were, those turned out to be very messy three years because Mm -hmm. how could it not be? How can you be in a relationship that is purely based off of denying everything that's true right under the surface? So as long as we stayed on the surface, then everything was good and we could stay on the surface and it could be And everybody got to feel good about Mm us. Part of it is too, they really liked us as a couple. So and you know, so that was the other thing. People really liked us as a couple. So I was really letting people down in terms of even how other people needed us to be. Mm -hmm. So for those Mm -hmm. three years, it was like I lived two separate worlds. I had a surface level world where Mm -hmm. I still had fun and got along with my husband because again, we were actually we were friends. He was a good person. We got along okay. And then there was this really messy, really ugly underlayer mm-hmm. that we kind of kept trying to push down
2: yeah.
1: and that wound up finding its way out, leaking out in really toxic ways. I mean, there's no way that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, so, so, of course, the aftermath, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of learning that's happened for me yeah. since then.
0: That's, that, that's a lot. Um, and I can, (laughs) (laughs) but the way that you describe it is so like laser accurate, how it could be surface level and we're, you know, we're just going along to get along and you know, it's all right, Mm -hmm. but really underneath, like there's a monster (laughs) underneath this whole house. Mm -hmm. That's like, yeah, or like that, that meme where it's like, everything's okay, but there's a fire around the person like that right
1: right, totally I know exactly (laughs) that meme yes like oh it's good yeah yeah um, yeah so I've had to do so much I mean my work in terms of making peace with myself and understanding you know who it is that I am that is willing to abandon myself in that way you Mm -hmm. know for the sake of other people that's been a huge process for me
2: yeah
1: Um, And the fact that I never, I mean, when things got really messy, there was some, some substance abuse involved and Mm -hmm. it became really, um, a really, really difficult experience, but we were away, we were abroad in Kuwait and, um, I think I had gotten so used to being in denial about, or just not speaking the things that I needed to speak. And so I never asked anybody for for help in the situation things got really messy and and he was really unhappy and, mm. um, he wasn't working. So it got really, yeah, just again, yeah. I, don't, I don't need to like go into it. Cause yeah. I do sort of want to protect the, 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 the space of it, but to say one of the things is that we were far away and all of this was happening and I never knew how to ask for help.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Or to to like involve people in it, it's like I just had I had actually shut everybody out of my world because I had definitely gotten the message that what's happening or what's true or what is, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, what's actual life for me was not really accepted. So it's like, and if anything is unpleasant, if anything is messy, if anything isn't sort of looking the way that it should, I know that it disrupts people's peace, and Mm -hmm. therefore, you know, it's like I didn't get them. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm saying
0: hundred percent.
1: Like. Yeah. So how, how long I went needing something, knowing that things were especially deteriorating and, and not knowing how to ask for help and support. So by the time that I initiated the divorce, things were so far gone Mm -hmm. and I was so far already checked out of the relationship. Just, I mean, it was, it was like, I had basically felt like If I don't do this now, Mm -hmm. neither of us are going to survive, you know, you're Mm -hmm. not going to get the help that you need. And I'm, I'm always going to continue to, again, because we made that contract, right? I'm always going to take, continue to take care of your Mm -hmm. needs, Mm -hmm. all of the ways that you're not able to meet your own needs. I've already invested myself in that way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see that there was a way that we were going to actually get out of that until, unless I actually said enough enough
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and I was so so small by that point I was so worn down that I went to China yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> went about as far away as you could possibly go and have yeah. kind of had to rebuild myself in that space you know far away from the influence and the impact of people who want to want me or wanted me to be a certain way or needed me to be a certain way and I could kind of basically go to the other side of the planet right. and find my own way and, yeah. and kind of crawl out of that, hole, which I've done in the last four years, but it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of work for me.
0: Well, I, I love this. Congratulations. I think that um, <laughs> really it's a very um, powerful choices that you have made. And um, I just want to highlight and acknowledge your own knowing That has been there the entire time that you even though you got smaller you didn't disappear completely and that's huge um i i didn't even i mean people travel all the time and live in different places so to know that that's how you got to china it's i think it's tremendous and that you knew that there was some codependency happening and that a cord had to be cut and physical distance had to be a part of this as well that's profound to me and so I say congratulations for that that's huge well,
1: thank you <laughs> thank you because that's not how everybody else saw it yeah. but you know that's that's the interesting thing about it right like you've got everybody's got a story and their perspective in it and it. Um, I think what's so hard in this situation is that again because people liked us so much and mm-hmm. um, the codependence the codependency stuff is, I think, it's it's visible, but then it's also, there's. I think for me, there's an energetic component to it. It's hard for me to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, maybe if, if people are energetic people, then they kind of know, but there was certainly boundaries that it's like even if I could even if I could state my boundaries
2: mm-hmm.
1: verbally yeah. I was still negotiating my boundaries energetically
2: yes yes
1: if that makes any sense yeah for um sure. and and so it's really interesting because you can't outsiders can't you can't see that yeah. you don't you don't understand yeah. and there's no way to to help people understand you know like it's, it takes so much energy to try mm-hmm. to explain yourself so I really had to go through a phase where People were so mad at me. They felt like I abandoned him. Um, Mm. And the way that it looked from the outside was very different than the way that it was on the inside of our relationship, especially because we kept things nice and and tidy from hidden from the world. So I had to endure a lot of, again, people's projections on the situation. And I really had to stand firm in my integrity and just sort of Mm. feel like, okay, you know what? I know what's true for me. It is not my intention to cause extra harm. I do care about this person. It's not, I'm not actually trying to, I'm not trying to abandon him. (laughs) You know, I actually think that there's, this is freedom for both of us. I think a freedom in a way that you can't see. Um, But I had to really endure, yeah, to just stand firm and to say someday the truth will reveal itself because I'm going to be who I am and he's going to be who he is and people will begin to see what's happening underneath the surface. And that, that did eventually happen, but not, not till like, it wasn't until, like, last year that mm-hmm. even my my community from back home, you know, it's kind of like because the narrative was that or the, vis- the way that it looked was that, I was that I was the abandoner and I was the mm-hmm. harm doer, mm-hmm. um, that people kind of took sides. And I don't think they necessarily meant to uh, in a way <laughs> – I think you sort of they sort of you have to I think it's awkward Mm -hmm. but I think only one person of all of my friends from back home even except for like my best friends people Mm -hmm. who were like my people but our shared community um, yeah I think only one person actually has ever really reached out to me and to say to to ask how I was doing or Mm. to even acknowledge it and sort of it, it sort of all went into whatever narrative he was he was saying to people. And that didn't, that wasn't shedding good light on me. He wasn't going around talking crap about me or, um,
2: yeah.
1: it wasn't that, but it was more like, it just wasn't a, it just wasn't an accurate representation of what had happened. So yeah, it has been a lot to, to do, but it's, it has, it has required me to dig so deep mm-hmm. <laughs> and really I would have to move through so many things. I mean, the codependency stuff
0: yeah. is,
1: man, is that ever, that is sneaky
0: Yes, it's That's yeah. Really
1: spooky, but that all is linked to unworthiness and I've had to do a lot of work on why is it, where is it, how does unworthiness show up in my life, how do mm-hmm. I how am I not standing in my worth so much of the time? Mm-hmm. How is it that I came to, to be a person who isn't willing or able or to mm-hmm. stand in their mm-hmm. worth? So um, and I think I'm actually a pretty strong person, so it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm somebody who's fairly in tune. And it's like having that realization of myself was a really, really harsh one when I finally had to look at it in in the lens of codependency. Was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's what was actually happening there, and that's insane because mm-hmm. I know what codependency <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm a therapist, like it's just crazy. Yeah. But also how um, how how denial, how sneaky denial is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge slap in the face for me to just be like oh my god all of the ways that I did know and I didn't want to see yeah
0: yeah yeah that's um that's powerful to even be able to because you are a seeker so you are going to question things about yourself even like you're not off the off limits when it comes to that type of thing so excavating mm-hmm. what's there or how it got there or all that all that um, it's just it's on brand for you I mean that's why I, I mean I, I just met you but it feels like it's right on brand um, <laughs> it is on brand for me <laughs> yeah. um, and it's it's a courageous thing to do because not most I don't think many humans I don't think the majority of humans do that specific thing and even when you talk about the community that you come from there's a there's a culture of self-abandonment so that that type of mm-hmm. introspection isn't even. Uh, you know accessible let's say yet because <laughs> you never know um,
1: yeah I think it is changing I think it's changing
0: yeah I I, I feel that with my own community and, and conversations that I have even on the internet too um, but I, I do think a large majority of people aren't there yet and it is it's tough and it's messy and it's hard and it and it's heartbreaking but it's also like character building there's more on the other side of it once you get through the like it's really hard here, like the difficult part. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that you're, you're able to do that throughout all the things, because you've mentioned a lot of things that have happened, and still, um, there's still the introspection around, well, how did how did I let this happen? Or how did this happen? um, For me, knowing who you are, and then there's some some Mm -hmm. other stuff in your blind spot that you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Let's let's face this direction now. Let's see what's, what's yeah. happening over here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh dear, we have a whole other pathway to carve here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. All right. So now, nowadays, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in Shanghai, which I visited one time, twice actually, um, very clean city. <laughs> yeah <laughs> from what yeah. i saw uh, i was only there for a layover into india but the layover was like 18 hours and like 15 hours um so i had like a day visa to just like go around anyway um now you're in shanghai now you are by by trade you are a, a therapist mm-hmm. and counselor um you also you said you work in a school
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and then you also do, provide coaching or at least advisement. Um, yeah, that's that's
1: where that's the direction I'm I'm headed. So it's like I'm kind of bringing pulling in all of my. I'm I will say I'm ready to. I think I've done my. I just I had to pull myself up. You know, I, it has taken me a few years to kind of re-stabilize but I'm ready to not have to be on the opposite side of the earth anymore
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: now I'm like okay I kind of want to be with my family and and with COVID it's kind of like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are doing this where you're you're saying okay how can I be more creative with my skill set and figure out how to pull the things that I already am doing the things that I'm good at and, and put it onto an online space and so that's yeah. what I'm yeah. So at this point I'm doing some coaching stuff, but I'm really actually trying to pull it into the online space and, mm-hmm. and figure out how that, how that works for me. So yeah. that's a, that's a new learning curve. Something that is, yeah, and it <laughs> so. I, I feel like <laughs> I have to keep reminding myself, like Stephanie, you're not a beginner.
2: <laughs> you,
1: you know, you come, you come with all of your resources and all of your expertise. It's just that you're learning something new. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, that's beautiful. Yeah. All right. So Um, You're doing that now. And um, you mentioned in our pre-conversation that there is something called a circle process. You're a passionate advocate for the circle process. Can you talk about what that is?
1: Oh, I could talk for hours about what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Are you familiar with all? So my background with circle process is linked to restorative justice. Are you familiar with that at all? Yes. Okay, yeah. so that's kind of my, my training. And in restorative justice, there's often s- circles. Okay. Does that ring a bell to you? No, not so, that
0: part.
1: Okay, so the circle process is often, uh, it's a way to bring people together to mm-hmm. talk about important things, but it's structured, it's like the simplest thing ever. But it, there's so much magic that happens there when it's, when it's done um, in the right way. But what you do is you're you're really just sitting in a circle a literal circle you have a talking piece and you are taking turns answering questions and talking about things that matter so as a circle keeper it's my responsibility to come up with uh high quality prompts that are like for me the way that i do it is i'm trying to get to the things that are just under the surface so Mm -hmm. i i love to hear about I live there. I live in the place that's just under the surface, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be in connection with people that are just under the surface. What's actually happening? What's real? Mm-hmm. What are the stories that we're, we're thinking and feeling and not saying, you know, mm-hmm. s- same for what happened in my life. All of the things that I knew I needed to say or that needed to be spoken, but I didn't have a space to speak.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: a circle um, is, is aimed at allowing people to just speak their truth. So I would ask a question that's geared toward, it's not necessarily have to be like super deep. It's not, it's not group therapy, mm-hmm. um, but you're just allowing the space to get people to talk about what's real. So you have a talking piece, one person talks and they say what's true for them mm-hmm. and people listen. And then the next person goes and they say what's true for them. Mm-hmm. And then everybody listens. There's no debate. There's no dialogue about it. There's no response to it. You're not, nobody's input matters it's yeah. only a space for you to speak what's true in a community setting and it just is allowed to be what it is and as you go around the circle it's it's so interesting because you learn so much from people and so much like so many important things when you actually take the time to listen to just what is true what is yeah. what the truth is for somebody else and you're not allowed to respond. Mm-hmm. You're not expected to respond. Mm-hmm. So you actually get to hear it. And, and when people then open up and are authentic and in a real space and say what's raw, it's like, it opens up the space for everybody to step into something a little bit more real. Mm. And it's just, I, I don't know of any other space like it where okay. it's a community where you are invited. There's authenticity but most of the time even when we are with people there's a there's a a filter depending mm-hmm. on who you're with you know yeah. you change your filter but in circle when you're in circle process for long enough and you build the container well enough you actually step into an authenticity that is so unfamiliar to how you function in the rest of the world mm-hmm. and because the space is just held it's like the most freeing and most healing in my opinion most healing experience ever so Mm. (laughs) that's I'm really I love it so much it's my favorite thing I I, it's so simple but it's it's magic I tell you
0: (laughs) it sounds like it so um just to be clear so the circle process is happening with strangers or people in your actual community um either or it doesn't matter okay
1: so it's it can be anybody and and I and I love it because it's the whole point of it is that it's Kind of drawing on the human component. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. Mm-hmm. So I can do, I remember I, during COVID lockdown here, when people were scattered about, I was offering virtual circles to the faculty and staff of my school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just as a way to kind of like, okay, let's let's just come together and talk about what's happening for everybody. Where are you? What's going on? Yeah. So I would ask questions that were, you know, more just like, what's bringing, what's giving you hope right now? Mm-hmm. What is, what is your whatever? It's like the things that you kind of maybe you need to say. Maybe yes. you need to hear other yes. people talk about what their hope is. Um, but I remember there were all these discussions where people were like, oh, but I don't know if I feel comfortable with the administration being there. Mm-hmm. What if I say something? And it's like I had to work so hard to convince people it didn't matter. I'm not asking questions that you're, you're talking about a level up here that you're used to where authority matters and the power, the power structure yeah, matters. Yeah. Um, but in circle, it's all balanced out and it doesn't apply anymore. I'm right. asking questions that are human questions. Mm. So I'm not asking, what are you pissed at the school about? <laughs> I'm asking, what are you afraid of right yes, now? Yes. And that applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't doesn't matter if you're the janitor at the school or the head of the school everybody's got a fear right now because we're all experiencing it yeah so yeah it can be with strangers it can be with whomever it doesn't doesn't matter I think there's it's circle is not a I mean it's an indigenous practice it's like I think that when people are in circle they are connecting back into something that feels familiar I think there's something very familiar and really powerful about actually sitting in a circle so whatever you're doing in the circle. I think there's many iterations mm-hmm. of what can be done, but I, I would say, yeah, I think there's something really healing about just even being in that space and about the community component of it. I think there's a little bit of a paradigm shift when you, when you decide to, to put people in a circle, you are uh, sort of agreeing in a community to look at people differently and to look at one another differently. Yeah. You know, if you go, you can do it, you can do a uh, meeting and do it in a circle it's a very different meeting Mm -hmm. than if you have people sitting at the desks you know it's it's a completely different energy it's a completely different investment in one another because you are sort of agreeing to be looking at each other and to Mm -hmm. be seeing each other and to be exchanging energy in that way
0: so Yeah, yeah I i totally agree and i can see how it could be very healing in a safe space uh depending on the facilitation um and what you're offering is a space to, which I, it sounds like you had this space when you went on that solo trip, something like it. But you're offering a space where you can be seen and heard. And like, that's like just basic human connection things. And not basic, but like basic, but also a a huge, like monumental thing that's needed for us.
1: I totally agree. I, I look all around the world and I'm like, everywhere I see, in my eyes, everything should be in a circle. Like I see so many places where putting people together in that space is exactly what's needed. It's like, and I think it's such a foreign concept. We, we can say, yeah, I, we need to be, we need human connection, we need connection, but yeah. what authentic, what true energetic space, what it feels like to be truly held. Mm-hmm. I think it's so foreign people are like, what are you even, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to even imagine that that could be a space that exists because it's so uncommon to experience it. I can't think of another way. I mean, I can't think of another place in life where that's the space. Maybe like in, in things like AA, or like, I don't know, you know, those kinds of meetings there might mm-hmm. be. I think that's kind of the, the, the framework of those as well right, is where people right. get to show up and And there's not, nobody's really responding to them. So I think in that space, it's maybe somewhat similar, but it's not not at all the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in a support group years ago um, for uh, miscarriage and we sat in a circle and I I felt like that was, that that helped it's like the unseen un- intangible thing that really has an impact on the whole thing and also I've been in other circles before, like literal circles and one time I noticed that I was sitting next to a friend of mine and she was sitting in a chair and I was on the floor but I leaned on her and just the entire experience just felt more connected because I was touching her mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I didn't realize until after I was like this felt I don't know more special just because i was touching another human being and it wasn't it mm-hmm. just a casual leaning on a friend <laughs> but just mm-hmm. touching her mm-hmm. felt like i feel i feel more connected not just to her but everyone in this room just because of our atoms touching each other you know <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's real yeah <laughs> it's definitely a real thing
0: yeah um, yeah all right, so, yeah. I, I'm an advocate for so it. So, I love
1: it. I think it's the best. I think I would like to invite everybody into Circle. I think people should experience it.
0: Yes, yes. I 100% agree with you. Now that you've described it, um, I've, I've been a part of circles for a very long time, like most of my adult life. Um, so, mm-hmm. I'm an advocate too. I didn't know it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, there's like so many iterations of it. Like, even here in Shanghai, there's so many women's circles. Mm-hmm. They're all, again, they're all done differently. So, I think. Everybody's got a kind of different facilitation mm-hmm, method. Mm-hmm. For me, mine's very specific. It's rooted in in this process of restorative justice. But then my, my actual training, my certification that I did was with um, a woman in New York City. Her name is Elizabeth Clement, and she is a shaman. She's a, she's a mediator. She has an organization that runs circles for uh, family sexual abuse so it's a mm-hmm. fairly intense like the circles that she's running are are healing circles like yeah. mad because you're talking family and yeah perpetrators and and um victims and mm-hmm. then eventually getting people into a circle together wow. to talk so there's that's definitely like along the restorative justice lines of things where you have a victim and offender yes Uh, situation for me I'm not necessarily facilitating in that way but I Mm -hmm. I see that it's so beneficial but anyway she was a shaman and I wasn't necessarily going she is a shaman I wasn't necessarily there she wasn't structuring the training as a like shamanic circles but Mm -hmm. the training the group that we were in was we were so ready for that It, it was such a it was such a transformational experience for me we were there sitting in circle for six hours a day for five days. So it was <laughs> very, okay. very intense. And, and what came out from that was like, yeah, mm-hmm. changed my life forever. Seriously.
0: Is that the trip that you took while you were married that changed your perspective on things? Or that was a different trip? That was another one. Okay. <laughs> no, this
1: was just in the summer in between. It was actually in the summer just before I came here to China. Okay. Okay. I was determined I wanted to do, I had learned about circles before that, and I knew I loved it, and I was always talking about it, but I hadn't really developed the skill set to know or to feel confident in actually facilitating. And so I went, we went back to the States that summer, and I was like, I'm finding a training. Mm. I have to. So I hunted people down. I found Elizabeth, and she wasn't necessarily going to offer one, yeah. but she was like, okay. She told me later that because I was so passionate about it, she mm-hmm. was like, I think this is for... I think this is for Stephanie (laughs) and so anyway she she kind of opened it up and and we had enough people and it was just so great and it was I think for me I mean I'm sure it was for other people too but I had a very intense experience in it where there was some real shadow stuff Mm -hmm. that kind of came out and it was kind of a wild wild experience but there's so much that can happen when you actually open up space for people to be real
0: yeah I I agree with that Oh wow, Stephanie, you're great, you're fantastic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so this is this is what you're trained in, and um, mm-hmm. building a practice around. Um, so, is there is there a way that people can contact you? Uh, because it sounds like something, something's afoot, something's brewing, and you have some, some. Well, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have a yes, great. Yes, I'm building it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I do. Some, you know, I do stuff here. I have, I run community circles here. Just, I have them mm-hmm. invite people around. But again, trying to do it virtually, it's not. It still is actually quite good to do it virtually. But it's just a different it's a different format. Yeah, um, I think for the time being, the easiest way to get in touch with me would be through, well, I have a Facebook group that I'm uh, building right now. I'm just ultimately what I'm trying to do at this moment is kind of pull together the community of people who are interested in these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. So again, people who want to talk about the gray areas of being human and what's real and raw and just the things that aren't said spirituality you know I mean to me this is all this is all a spiritual journey for me so all of the awakening all of the expansion all of that stuff Mm -hmm. so that's part of my process so I have a Facebook group it's called the um, collective spirit inner circle Mm -hmm. and that's that's where I'm going to be I, I am in the works of trying to build how and when I will do circles virtually. That's one of the things for sure I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, but that, that's not, that's not ready yet. So I think one great way would be to get in through the, the Facebook group. And then as I, as I develop myself and how I want to be functioning in that way, yeah. and that's where I'll be releasing kind of
0: information. Okay. So I typically ask my guests to finish the sentence. Thanks, divorce, for blah, blah, blah. You can take it away. Mm. Thanks, divorce,
1: for allowing me to see myself for the first time.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I think that that is true. I think I wasn't going to be able to see myself until I was actually in my own space. That's, I guess, a fact of one of the outcomes of getting married so young, yes, as well.
0: Yes, that makes perfect that... sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like I've been on a ride this whole conversation. This has been <laughs> <laughs> it's a good ride. <laughs> no, it's been a great ride. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm I'm so I'm so happy that uh, that you came on the show and that you're you're sharing so, like, open and honestly, but I get a sense that you wouldn't share any other way, honestly. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is what I'm about. This is what I want. I want spaces like this. This is all I want. I'm looking yeah. always, like, trying to find the people in the world. I know they exist, yes. but I'm always trying to find the people in the world who want to have conversations like
0: this about the real stuff that is me every day I remember going to this event (laughs) one time like I was in my 20s and still like coming into myself and and um didn't like how like I go to an event because I'm like oh I want to be social I want to go support this artist or whatever but I don't want to talk I don't I don't want small talk and there are Mm -hmm. certain people who I can point out to this day who when I met them We dove straight into some real good juicy stuff, like this type of conversation. Yes. (laughs) And and those are the relationships I love. Those are the best ones. And even if it didn't blossom into like a full blown friendship or anything, I love them so Mm. much for that one interaction where Mm -hmm. we just like we don't Mm -hmm. care about any of this, but let's talk about whatever. Like what 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 are your fears? Like what are you dealing with right now? Like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that type of stuff
0: off of the first interaction like that's my jam (laughs)
1: yeah yeah i have a friend my my one of my best friends in the whole world she knows me so well she'll i remember it was a couple months ago and she sent me a message and she's like stephanie i would like to know exactly what's on your heart right now yes like you know it's like it wasn't like how's it going Uh it's like tell me everything about what's real for you this minute it's like (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I would love to tell you what's real for me at this minute. <laughs> yes.
0: Keep, keep those friends close. Bless her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. That's it from me today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on another episode of Thanks Divorce. In the meantime, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, rate, review, all the things. And you can also follow us on Instagram at thanksdivorcepodcast. Till next time, friends. Take care of yourself.